Creator, the Holy Creator. And uh, if you would uh, take your Bibles and turn to Genesis, first book of the Bible, chapter 3. Like I promised, you get to hear me for a few minutes. We are um, in a series right now, spending three weeks in Genesis chapter 3, that one important chapter at the beginning of the Bible. I'm going to cut this way down so that we can get back to the music. And to do that, what I'm cutting out are a lot of stories about when I was a boy. So if you want to hear those, uh, you'll have to come back next week. We'll try to plug at least one in. But um, last week we began looking at this chapter and we saw what took place in the first six verses of Genesis 3 that's recorded for us. Uh, We know that uh, the first man and the first woman have been created, and that's recorded in uh, chapter 2. We looked at this conversation at the beginning of the chapter, conversation that changed everything. And the conversation happened in paradise, of all places, in the Garden of Eden. The conversation was between the first woman and Satan, actually, who was using a serpent to speak through. And in the conversation, we saw that Satan was playing with the woman's mind. Paul tells us that in 2 Corinthians 11. That's what he was doing. He was playing with the woman's mind, trying to lead her mind astray from this pure, simple devotion to God and what God said. And in playing with her mind, he raises questions and he raises doubts about what God has said, his word, his command. And eventually, the woman finds these desires coming, desires toward this fruit of the one tree that they couldn't eat from. And the desires become so strong, the desire to eat, the desire to become more like God by eating, that she takes the fruit from that tree, she eats. She then gives the fruit to the man, and he eats. And sin enters the world. Through the disobedience of the first man, Adam, sin came into this world. We call it the fall. Consequently, all people are sinners by nature, by our very nature, and by choice. And thus we are separated from our Creator God and deserving of His judgment. And the scriptures there on your sheet from Romans, Isaiah, and Ephesians that we looked at last week are the basis for what I just read and what you see there on your sheet. The man and his wife had experienced something for the first time. It was disobedience. Never experienced it before. And for the first time, They experienced disobedience. For the first time, they experienced sin. For the first time, they experienced the knowledge of evil. 
So the question is, how are they going to respond? Now that they have experienced disobedience and sin and the knowledge of evil. We see that in our text this morning as we move on. So let me read it for you, and then we'll just point out some things uh, that are there. Verse 7. They've committed this sin, this act of disobedience. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And God said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. For the first time, the man and the woman had experienced disobedience, sin, violation of God's command, the knowledge of evil. They had now experienced those things. But they're going to experience three more things, and they're going to respond to those things. First of all, they experience shame. You see that? In the last verse of chapter 2, we're told that the man and woman were naked and they felt no shame. No shame. But now, after this disobedience, this sin, they feel shame. For the very first time, brand new experience, shame, this, this self-consciousness, this self-awareness, of what they had done, this, this embarrassment, this humiliation of what they had done, and that feeling of shame that they'd never felt before. And so what do they do? They cover, right? The eyes of both of them were open. They realized they were naked. Somehow they connected their nakedness with what they had done, there was this embarrassment, this humiliation, this self-consciousness, and they felt shame. And it says they took some fig leaves together, and we had the first clothing as they sew these fig leaves together to cover themselves. What are they doing? They're trying to get rid of the shame. They're trying to cover this new feeling that they have of shame. They're, they're trying to cover up this, this self-consciousness that all of a sudden they're experiencing. The second thing they experience that's also new is fear. 
You see that in verse 8, the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Isn't it amazing how foolish we get when, when sin comes into the picture? You can hide behind a tree from God. I remember hearing a testimony of a man who said that he ran across a swamp and climbed a tree to get away from God. Didn't work. But here the first man, the first woman, they're afraid. Isn't that what the man says? He says to God, I was afraid, so I hid from you. They experienced fear for the very first time. They'd never experienced that before. And their response was to hide. To hide from God. They were afraid of God. <laughs> they didn't want Him to see them after what they had done. I think they were afraid of punishment because God had clearly said to Adam back in chapter 2, on the day you eat of this fruit, you'll die. And so out of fear, this brand new experience, they hide. A third brand new experience for the man and the woman would be guilt. In verse 11, by the way, did you notice that God doesn't choose to, at this point, enter the garden storming in with blasts of thunder and flashes of lightning and with this angry, booming voice, Shout at them, he doesn't. He just comes walking in the cool of the day and he asks these questions. Where are you? He knew, but he asked the question. Who told you you were naked? Just ask the question. Did you eat of that tree I told you not to? He knew they had, but he asked the question. And by asking those questions, I have to believe that within uh, the man and the woman, they began to feel something brand new, guilt. This awareness they had done something wrong. This feeling that because of what they had done, they deserved to be punished. This uneasy, painful feeling of a responsibility for disobedience, for sin, this guilt. And just the questions he asks must have intensified that brand new feeling of guilt. So what do they do? How do they respond to this brand new feeling of guilt? Well, they blame, don't they? They blame. They try to divert to relieve this, this guilt they're feeling. And so the man says in verse 12, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and ate it. She made me do it. And she blame, he blames the woman. And in some roundabout way, he even seems to blame God. The woman you gave me, the woman you put here, she made me do it. And so God asked the woman, what is this you have done? And she 
transfers the blame. She says it was a serpent. He deceived me. And what they do is they they kind of play the victims, don't they? They they imply that it was somebody else's action that caused them to do what they did. They respond to the guilt, this new feeling, by blaming. And so we have this new experience of disobedience, never experienced before, this new experience of sin, this knowledge of evil that they didn't have before. And along with it came this new experience of shame. And to deal with it, they try to cover it, make it go away. This new experience of fear, never felt that before. And so they hide. And this new experience of guilt. And they think they can just pass it off on someone else. And blame someone else. I want you to consider this. The first man and woman had the opportunity to experience something else for the first time. There was something else they could have experienced for the first time here. And I believe that God, by his questions, was giving them that opportunity What could they have chosen to experience for the first time? Confession. They could have confessed. I think God, by his questions, was giving them that opportunity to confess what they'd done. And instead, they try to cover the shame, hide because they're afraid, and blame and pass off the guilt, even though they had the opportunity to experience confession for the very first time. And you know, David in in Psalm 32, read that sometime. David says, it's not a good idea to cover your sin. It's not a good idea to hide your sin. He talks about how hard it was for him when he tried to cover his sin and how blessed it was when he finally did what? Confessed it and acknowledged it and experienced the forgiveness of God. You go to Proverbs chapter 28. You'll want to read that, verse 13. Solomon, why Solomon? He says, blessed are those who confess their sin and renounce it, for they will find mercy. And then in 1 John, if you would turn there, and we'll wrap it up with this. 1 John, chapter 1. In verse 8 of 1 John 1, he says, If we claim to be without sin, claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Verse 10, If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar And his word has no place in our lives. John is saying, no denying, no claiming that you have no sin, no claiming that you have not sinned. It makes you a liar. You're suggesting God is a liar. What should you do instead? Verse 9, if we confess our sins, 
He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. The first man and woman experienced some new things that must have been terrible for them to experience these things. But the choice they made in their response was to cover, to hide, and to blame. And you know where I'm going right now, don't you? Is it possible that right now in your life there have been choices you have made that are disobedience to what you know God's will is? Choices you have made that you know are sinful choices. And you are experiencing shame, but you've chosen to try to get rid of the shame by covering it somehow. Covering it up with something of your own making. And maybe you're experiencing fear because of what you've chosen. And so you're trying to hide. You're trying to do that thing that doesn't make sense, hide from God. And one of the best ways people think they can hide from God is hide from God's people. Just stay away from God's people. And that's how I can hide from God and deal with this fear over what I've done. Or maybe you're blaming. Maybe you've decided that's the best way to kind of deal with my guilt is to just pass off the blame to somebody else. I'm a victim here. It's all because of somebody else's action that I sinned and I disobeyed. May I suggest to you that that's not a way to live? That's not a good way to live. How about trying confession? How about trying repentance? How about seeking the mercy and grace and forgiveness of God and freedom from shame, fear, and guilt? The first man and woman did not choose confession. God gave him the opportunity. And maybe he's giving you today that opportunity. The best way to deal with your shame, your guilt, your fear, confession. May we be people who are humble enough to go to God in confession and experience his merciful Gracious, loving forgiveness and freedom from the shame, the fear, and the guilt that sin brings to our lives. You see, we're not only sinners because of a choice the first man and woman made. We also, because of their choices, tend to cover our shame hide because of the fear, and blame others to deal with our guilt. We need to break out of that and be confessing people. Let's pray. Our Father, uh, this has been brief, but I think we get the point. 
Father, we know what shame feels like. Fear, guilt. We know what it feels like when those things come because of our sin and our disobedience. Father, may you help us become humble, confessing people. We need your forgiveness. We need freedom from fear and shame and guilt. Father, I pray that you would move by your Holy Spirit, someone here today even, to make that choice of confession. In Christ's name, amen. This is also a